he was cool. He was uh, basically he was kind of like a older brother that I never had. We kind of got together as friends, brothers before anything else. So that made it a lot easier moving into anything else that we've been through too. Yeah, keyword was mm. friend. Same time, very respectful and respected everything that I said to him, listened to me. So I had no problems with him either. It was very easy with him as well. And prior to Brian, I had my fair share of the bad boys. I've had the loser, I've had the user, and I've had the abuser. Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Annie, Brian, and Kyle... Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and tell your story. It's the first time we had a a family, actually, a family unit in its entirety here. And your story is very interesting. And it aligns with the topic of our podcast today. And that is blended family structure. But before we get to that, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? And, you know, how, how old are you? What do you guys do for a living? I'm Anne. I just turned 39. I'm a hairdresser. I've done it for 20, almost 22 years. And I'm currently pregnant. <laughs> and I have a child who's 21. <laughs> <laughs> Who is sitting right next to you. And I'm almost a year married. Awesome. And you're my cousin. And I'm Dean's <laughs> cousin. Okay, I'm Brian. I'm 41. I'm a forklift mechanic, and I've been also married to Anne almost a year now. And I'm expecting, I guess, to have a kid. (laughs) I guess. It's a surprise. No, no, we are. (laughs) And I have a stepson as well now. I'm Kyle. I am the son and stepson. I'm 21, currently going into apprenticeship for HVAC, and I guess I'm expecting a baby brother. Or a baby sister, whatever it decides to be. It's a baby brother, though, right? It, you is, guys? It, it is a boy. It is a boy. It is a yes. boy. So it is <laughs> it identifies as a. It will identify as a boy. Brother. Right? It's technically called a baby right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, welcome, guys. Thank you very much for coming on board here. You got a question for him, Gene? Yeah. Let's start with how you guys met. Well, I was at um, my niece's birthday party. We were outside with the family having a good time and the party started to dwindle down. My brother-in-law sparked up a backyard fire, a couple of us hanging out, shooting off some fireworks and all of a sudden the dog started barking. Did she, uh, actually my brother-in-law knows the neighbors obviously and just said, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped the part. Go ahead. So I joked with Keith and I said, hey, you're making my dog bark. And then he said, Put your dog inside, sit your ass down, and grab a beer. And I said, all right. So that's what I did. And then... Yeah, she came over. She sat down. um, We started talking. And that's basically how we met. If you want me to tell you more, I don't know. But uh, that's how we met. We started having (laughs) shots. We went midnight swimming. Kyle actually joined with my nephew. How old were you, Kyle? 13. Yeah, 13. 13. Okay. So what happened after that? How'd you guys end up getting together? I got her phone number and then asked her out on a date. And a week later, we went on a date. And then 
actually that night that we met, we actually decided to go on to a vacation together for a few days. <laughs> Wait, the night that you met? Correct. You guys well, are talking about it. doing a vacation together? We planned it like for three we weeks planned ahead. I was going, we were, his sister has a house up in Wisconsin, Lake, Lake Arrowhead. Yes. And so I was like, I want to go. And so I'm like, well, I'll go if you, if you take me. Wait, was this a joke? You guys no. just joking around? You're dead, no, serious. dead serious. Kind of, yeah. You're about to go on a vacation we went to <clears> with someone you just met. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Were you going as a couple or just? No. Well, well, going because at the time she knew. It was like, hey, why don't you just be just like my chauffeur up there Got kind of she, thing. She knew my sister and brother So you just invited yourself. Yeah, but I invited him <laughs> to take me. <laughs> <laughs> She did. So, uh, Kyle, you're 13 and you're at this party, too. No. No. Well, he just no. came for swimming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just swimming. So you didn't, like, witness this exchange at all. See, okay. I, I lived right behind his sister and brother-in-law. So I ran home and I was like, hey, Kyle, I'm going swimming. And Kyle and my nephew were like, well, we want to go. So I said, come on, let's go. So we all went swimming. And then Brian, I said to Brian, I'll go swimming if you go swimming. And so that's why we went swimming at midnight. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> he had been drinking all day at the party. I had had like a couple of drinks because we had gone to a fest with my son and my nephew. Mm -hmm. And then we came back and then I was having shots. So then, you know, got it. liquid courage. Right. <laughs> so you guys go on this vacation. <laughs> Correct. Well, we'd know. A week later, we went on our first date. Did you ask her out that night? Or did she ask you out? How did you guys plan the first date? Oh, I yeah, that night I asked, got her number and then I called her and we worked on it and asked her out on the first date. Mm -hmm. Where'd you guys go? Cool hands. hands. <laughs> nice. It's a wonderful establishment. <laughs> what did you guys order? I know what he got. He, <laughs> I know exactly what he got. He got the chicken thing, right? Didn't he? The chicken thing. Chicken thing. Yeah. I mean, I know what it is. Very descriptive. Yeah. I can't tell you what I got. I really don't remember. But I remember what he got. How a did beef you think? It was a beef thing, right? <laughs> I don't think so. How did you guys know you were boyfriend and girlfriend? I should add to your question. Okay. How long into your dating, right, did you know that you were a couple then? Maybe by the time we went on our on the vacation. Wow, that's a week. No, we no, went three, three weeks, weeks later. Oh, three weeks later. Okay. Like we went on our first date and then the following weekend was the camp out. And so I didn't see him then. And then I think we went on one more date and then we went up north. The, the camp out is a family camp out where Gene's family gets together, does kind of a annual reunion thing and all camps out. <laughs> all right so three weeks later you guys go on this vacation you guys at this point know that you're a couple right correct what was it about the other person that you were attracted to or fell in love with i can say it, her being outgoing she asked me a question that night actually i heard her make a comment that someone said she wasn't cute and she looked at me and she said like what am i not cute and i said no i think you're cute and that's basically some of the, oh, well, also she was just as, I think, honestly, she's like a male version of me. She's outgoing. She's funny. She's crazy. She's adventurous. She likes to have fun. So it's very, very easy and compatible. That's, that's what I think about her. You mean a female version of you. Right? Yeah. And see, I've always, I, <laughs> I had told people that he's a male version of me. Uh-huh. So. Probably just knowing that. You guys just that, fell in love with yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, who else? Who would you rather be yeah. with? Like, kind of like We right could now, talk right? about that later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> who said I love you first? I did, but he didn't want to hear it. She did. How how far into the relationship was that? Six. Three or three, either yeah. between three and six months. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Somewhere around there. He was not ready to hear it. Yet. So you you guys moved pretty fast in your relationship. Not really. It took us eight, almost eight years to get married. Well, <laughs> but as far as, I mean, you were vacationing together for the first time in three weeks, right? In the first three weeks, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. And you're saying, I love you within three months. It's been very easy. It was very easy mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. Everything just, it just 
moves. Like it just flowed. Yeah, exactly. The whole relationship. We didn't have. There's no to... hiccup. There's no fighting. No hiccups. Yeah. No nothing. It was so simple. It was just smooth sailing through. Like it just gelled, and it was looking in the mirror. It was easy. It was very easy talking to him, and I've always been a hard person to express things. I still am, but I'm I'm better being with him because he's taught me that. But I could just tell him anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like the night that we met, I we spilled beans about each other. We just talked all night long. But I can't believe things I told him. So, so on this first vacation, did did Kyle come with? Did you go with? No, no I didn't. You did not. Okay. So from your perspective here, you're 13 and, you know, your mom meets Brian and the relationship is kind of moving along. What, what's your, what, what are your thoughts? What's going through your head? There wasn't a whole lot going through my head. I didn't have to worry about it. She was a grown woman. I believed in her. Uh-huh. I knew she would make the right decision. Okay. So what was your first impressions of, of Brian when you met him? He was cool. He was... uh Basically, he was kind of like a older brother that I never had. We kind of got together as friends, brothers before anything else. So that made it a lot easier moving into anything else that we've been through, too. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And what was what was your impression of Kyle when you first met him? Same thing. I had two older sisters growing up. So to have someone young and say, hey, man, let's go play some video games. I'm like, I'll play a video game. I'll uh, hang out with you. I'll stay up to three in the morning, four in the morning. Why not? I mean. I used to do that. I didn't have an opportunity to share it with someone. Uh-huh. I did. And hey, you want to stay up? I stayed up. Girlfriend went to bed, hung out with the board finally. <laughs> Girlfriend went to bed. <laughs> she, yeah, she would go to bed and I just stay up with him and hang out and just be your friend. And very keyword, friend. Yeah, keyword was mm. friend. Same time, very respectful and respected everything I, I said to him, listened to me. So I had no problems with him either. It was very easy with him as well. Was, was there ever a time you had a concern that? No, not at all. Okay. Now, Brian, you have not been married before, correct? No, never. Right. So this is your first marriage. Correct. So you are potentially walking into this relationship where, you know, your girlfriend has a son. Did you have any thoughts about that at all? Not really. I've, I've been through a lot in my 30s. Started dating in 30s as well. You start seeing that more and more. A mom with a a woman with a, you know, a, a child and being mm-hmm. a single mother. I see that more and more as I was growing up and getting older. So for me, it wasn't out of the norm. So I, I've been through it before. So again, in my life, it, another easy transition for me to see and accept. Now, in the past, I've had troubles with the son or the mother, but this one, both been very easy to, to be with for sure. This one. Yeah. <laughs> Me. This you. This one. <laughs> so three months, you guys are saying I love you. And then. No, no. Correct. Well, now, and she I'm tried sorry. To tell she me. said. And he basically oh. kind of was like, no. Don't want to hear that. Nope. Not yet. Oh. So I would say probably around maybe six months. We both kind of said it. I don't know. I don't remember yeah, exactly, no. but <laughs> yeah. did you bring it up again? No, like it was just a natural reaction at that point. We at the first when she first tried to say it, it was just hanging out, and I was like, no, 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 like no. I, and it, it wasn't it, I like know. I was like, I love you. It was just, I think I love you. because yeah, I, I wasn't like, scared of it, but it, and... because how easy it was going, I wasn't <clears> scared of it. But it was like it was this is too easy. Like I don't want to hear this yet. Like. And that, that's like, how our relationship be. was. It can't be. Just, I'm like, this is three months. I'm like, it can't be. I know it's been this easy, but wow. Like, I love you already. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Can't. No, not yet. So now, did you guys live together before you got married? Yes. yes. You did. So at what, what point did that happen in your relationship? It was 2013. We started dating in 2000. So, so yeah, after three years. Three years. After three years. Yes. Three, like three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, three and a half years, that's that's quite a long time. So you guys are just kind of visiting each other and going out on dates. And we, were, just... we were pretty much together every weekend. I would go to his house Friday. I'd, pick the, I'd grab the dog, go over Friday, and I'd come <laughs> home Sunday. So. <laughs> All right. Not every weekend, but for the most part, every, that was kind of how our routine eventually became. So then we waited for Kyle to drive so that he could drive to school. And then that's when we moved in. So that was that a discussion that you guys had? Yeah. 
I mean, that's eventually, we, yes, not right on. away. Yeah. But yeah, like she said, within three years, she moved in, but we started discussing it further and further. I think that's what helped our relationship was because we weren't 24 seven gung ho. You know, some people move in right away or, you know, whatever. We just we we had our week and then we saw each other on the weekends. We dated. We went on dates. Mm -hmm. We still go on dates, you know, so this is a date right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun place to date. (laughs) So what was what was happening in your lives before you guys met? In regards to relationships and just your your life in general. I can tell you I was half kiddingly and half not saying I was done dating. Like I was done with it. I was sick of going through all the crap with the women I was finding and just wasn't working out. And I was just then starting to focus on myself being selfish for once and looking at myself for my career. You know, uh, I bought a place. I got out of my parents. but I I was out of my parents for a while, but. Just saying, uh, I moved back in there, got this home ready, moved in there. So I was, I was progressing in my life on my own finally. Like instead of always worrying about someone else, I focused on myself. And that's basically where I was at, at that point mm-hmm. when I met Anne. And prior to Brian, I had my fair share of the bad boys. I've had the loser, I've had the user, and I've had the abuser. So I've been through it all. And Run the gamut. Yeah. So I've, <sighs> at the time that I met him, I was not seeing anybody. I was just talking to people, nothing crazy, kind of like a, hey, go out, whatever, or stuff like that. But it wasn't anything ever serious. Or I hung with a lot of friends, just kind of went out and just kind of was living my life because I was a young single mom that I didn't enjoy my twenties like other 20 year olds did. And I had, I was 30 turning 31. And so I was just living life, you know, whatever came my way, but I had been through the bad so that I knew only things could get better. So did you guys either, either of you use social media dating platforms once and I will never well I don't have to ever do it again I did before yes just once and that was the user so So what was your guys experience with that yeah yeah not not good some I mean maybe one out of so many but it's not worth it going places and someone not even showing up you know like awesome cool (laughs) but yeah not not good not good I, I only, I, like I said, I only did the one and it, I was with him for like 15 months, but he was just, he was just a total, he, he was a loser too. But I feel that it's, it's good to maybe get yourself back into the dating game, but I don't feel like that's your way to date. Maybe for the younger generation, because that's all they do is social media. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I believe in old fashioned. I believe like meet through a friend, you know, and. Or part of the community. Yeah. So, Kyle, you, you kind of have witnessed the loser, abuser, user phases. And so... I didn't really meet the loser. Oh, okay. All right. But, you know, y- you have kind of a very unique perspective here because you kind of saw your mom go through, you know, relationships where it didn't work out and then... She meets Brian. And what what is, you know, from your perspective, you know, the comparison, contrast, et cetera? There is no comparison. The Brian's bar none. You know, there is no second place to what he is to the relationship and to my mom. It's there. I can't F all of the people I've ever seen is that's the top notch. Wow. Wow. That's that's some huge compliment over there. And you didn't pay him to say that, right? No, not at all. <laughs> he put you on a pedestal. <laughs> what was it like for you watching your mom date the other ones? The ones that you got to see? It, it was rough because they both, like, they tried so hard. It didn't look like they were trying. They just tried to buy love and tried all of that nonsense stuff. And like I said, he never tried to do any of that. He was like a friend, go play catch, do this, go hang out. It it was nothing that he had to try to do. It was just, it just came naturally to him. 
Did you have a feeling about the other guys that you didn't like them or didn't want them around? No, because I was pretty young at that time. Mm -hmm. It was just new person, not really too much to think about Mm -hmm. because I was more worried about coloring and (laughs) such and such like that. Well, and the one bought his love for sure. Yeah. The other one had two kids. So he just kind of tried to blend the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he tried to make me his own mm. kid. And it just... That didn't work. No, not really. No. (laughs) So how old are you when you get pregnant with Kyle? I was 16, but I turned 17. Can you tell us the story? Okay, so there's a bird and a bee. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was an older guy. And it was just a, always use protection (laughs) kind of thing. And I find out I'm pregnant. I When when you found out, were you by yourself or other people? I was with, I was at my best friend's house at the time. Okay. And her and I went to the, store picked up the pregnancy test went back took it and i found out i told my sister and i told the boyfriend and he was like whatever you want to do kind of thing and i'm like well i can't have a baby i'm 16 Mm -hmm. and so we had got my sister had driven us to uh, an abortion clinic and i'm sitting there and they pull me into the room they start talking to me and i'm like i can't do this so i leave And at that time, I was probably about 10 weeks, maybe 12 weeks. And then a couple months go by. I'm not really showing yet, living life. And I'm like, I still have this baby inside of me. What am I going to do? So I try going to another abortion clinic. They're like, well, you're about like 24 weeks. Can't do anything. And I'm like, okay. So they make me go to some other place and like more counseling, I guess. So I'm sitting down with the counselor and she's really kind of telling me like horror stories about the abortion and stuff like that. And I get caught ditching school. So my dad's like, where are you? And I said, I'm in an abortion clinic. He's like, do not have an abortion. And I go home, my parents find out. And then I plan to start having a baby. Did 17. you ever consider adoption? No, it was. Once you got that support from your family. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I had the support, mm. I knew everything would be fine. and. I remember you calling me <laughs> and giving me support. What did I say? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> that was that was a, a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. Because I also went through that experience. You know, I had a child, an oopsie baby. I was a little bit older than you, but, you know, an unplanned pregnancy is a tough thing to face no matter what you end up doing. Yeah, that support's really important. And I really don't think that I ever really would have had an abortion. It was just, you think that that's what you're supposed to do. So I went through the motions and I'm like, I can't do it. So, yeah, I think there's a line, you know, if, if there's a possibility of being able to pull it off, I think you just intuitively know that you can't go through that. But for some people, you know, they don't have that kind of support. Right. And do you think you would have told your parents if they didn't (laughs) figure out? I definitely would have told them sooner because they really didn't find out till I was probably like almost six months pregnant. Do you think part of that denial has helped make you force you to ha- make that decision instead of having to decide like, oh, it's kind of too late to do anything else but have this baby by not telling your parents and by not. Like it was just like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. By the probably. time you're really ready to face it, it's there's only one more choice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So how was that having you're still in high school? You have a baby. How do you finish high school? Well, I had him right at the beginning of the year. So then I was homeschooled for the six weeks that I was off. And then I went back to school. He went to daycare and I finished your senior year, senior year, graduated on time. How did your friends or the school community treat you? Well, I lost a lot of friends, but a lot of people were like, oh, you know, baby, blah, 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 you know, but no, you lose, you lose friends. Yeah. It's it's really hard to relate at that point. Mm -hmm. And because my life's changed and I can't go out and do things like they were doing mm-hmm. and, you know, even just go to gray America or something like that, you right. know, yeah, just things I couldn't do, but I had friends. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that I didn't, I just, they dwindled after. Yeah. Once you stop seeing them at school, you don't see them anymore. So you finish high school. And then I 
I was going to beauty school. So I finished beauty school while I was in high school. So it was like the best decision I ever made. Cause then when I graduated high school, I had my license to cut hair. I went to work and I did what any normal mom would do. I worked and raised a kid Mm -hmm. with the support of my family. Yeah. And then I put myself through college. I got my associates. I got my bachelor's. And is that something you did because you just wanted to? I think I wanted to prove to people that I could do it. Yeah. I, I probably wanted to do something different with my future, but maybe thinking that maybe hair just isn't my full future. But I would definitely, I would definitely <laughs> say that I did it more so to prove yeah. that I can do it. And I did do it. I, I remember when I went to college and I was um, 26, Alec was five. And I joined a sorority and, you know, they come in the night to get you. And I'm like, well, we have to bring my kid. <laughs> and I really did it just to see if I was missing anything, you know, that I didn't go through that normal stuff. When I was so your son got hazed too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I didn't do was go away to college. I just went yeah. to community college for my associates. And then I went to like, a, it was Columbia College, but it was just a building that you went to. So it wasn't the, in, it was what, in, in what way? Looking back, would you say that having a child and what you went through really strengthened you or helped you become who you are today? Well, of course, it strengthened me. I mean, I guess it's taught me to roll with the punches. I mean, this is your life. This is. Oh, and I believe everything happens for a reason, you know, but I believe that this is what you're dealt with. Deal with it. It's going to be tough and it's going to. You're going to cry. You're going to laugh. You're going to go through every emotion probably and but you'll get through Mm -hmm. there's a lot worse things out there and Kyle's dad not in the picture no we haven't seen him since he was four and even prior to that it was like his first year we were still together and then I broke up with him because he just couldn't support himself so he could barely support us and so then it was like every two months every three months every five months and yeah eventually nothing he just went away Mm -hmm. he did he he tried reaching out to me maybe 10 years ago I don't even Mm -hmm. know like eight years ago and I was like well it took you eight years to talk to us it'll take you eight more years to for him to be 18 and he could do whatever he wants so and that you know he just drew a line at that point like no more roller coaster ride Mm -hmm. so Kyle who was your male role model when you were growing up Uh, my grandpa what'd you learn from him Everything from anything, dotting I's and crossing T's, everything that I have learned through my 21 years of life has been from my grandpa. Because yeah, he was the one you spent most time around, right? I mean, that that was your, that your was, support yeah. as a single mom. And he was just your parents, they kind of stepped in and they were able to help you while you're raising him and, and also going to school and hairdresser school and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you spent a lot of time with your grandparents. Yes, I did. He still does. He still, <laughs> he goes every Thursday. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is like a very unique relationship that you have with your grandparents. Yeah. It, it's obviously my mom is my parent, but it's, it's kind of like my second set of parents mm-hmm. just because of how much they were around me at, the time of everything. If I couldn't talk to my mom, my grandma and grandpa were the next best thing that, you know. Does it, does it feel like you were missing anything or all of the, you know, the village, so to speak, met your needs. So your dad not being part of your life. Oh no, it didn't phase me at all Mm -hmm. because once he turned into the magic man and poof, you know, my grandpa stepped foot right in spot. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it sounds like you didn't really know him. I mean, if he disappeared when you were four, four years old, yeah. No, he, you wouldn't, wouldn't. he would not recognize him walking down the street. Right, sure. right. I, I just, I just got to say. Either way, you know, like right. neither of them would know. They could I, walk I just got to say, it's just kind of amazing when we're talking about, you know, you're trying to make this decision about abortion or not. And your decision or the result of your decision is sitting right next to you right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is just amazing. It's a really great thing, right? That he decided in this direction, right? That Kyle's sitting here with us. Oh, and he, he's the, he's, 
like the best decision I've ever made because of the fact that he's my child and I love him with all my heart. So she she's done so well with him for sure. That that is awesome. That is really awesome. He was well, my best man at my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I think we remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were we there? <laughs> I think we were there. So um what were what would you guys say, Annie Brian, what would you say are some of the messages about relationships that you learned growing up? Like now? Or what we learned throughout our lives? Well, what you th- learned throughout your lives, you know, whether it be by example or just observation, right? Oh, well, I would say my parents are definitely a very good example because, and, and Brian could probably say the same thing with his parents. Our, my parents are married 40, 44 years, I think, or 43, I don't remember. But they, I saw them growing up. I, pretty much everybody that I know, there wasn't too much divorce back then. So, I mean, I think my, a lot of my family was the examples you know you saw people stick it out you saw them through thick and thin through bad and good so i would definitely say that my parents are a huge example in my life uh i would say like just let it happen that's how i found and like don't reach for it don't look for it it'll eventually come you know like i've been through it like i said i went through a lot of uh women before her as dating and just got hurt got stepped on i don't know if you notice, they both kind of gave the hint that I'm a nice guy and nice guys usually finish last. And that's how I felt a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. I, I made a comment earlier, like I was going to, you know, give up and it's, I'm glad I didn't cause I did run into her, but it's, that was a perfect example for me was like, I just stopped looking like pressuring it, trying to evolve something that isn't there. And then when it did happen, I trusted my heart. That's what I could really say to a lot of people is just, Trust your instinct, trust your heart, and you'll 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 find it. You'll see it for sure. It's and like that, good things happen to those people who wait. Right. Mm. Because we we met at a certain time in our lives because of it. I lived behind his sister for, I don't remember if it's to say 10 years, you know, I never met him. You know, I never really mm-hmm. hung out with the family, but even still, like Towards the end, like I started, we started hanging out a little bit more, but it took 10 years to actually meet him. Mm-hmm. And so, but I had to go through the good, the bad, the ugly. There was not a lot of good, but more or less to see, to finally get my good, mm-hmm. you know. Which there's probably a lot more going on there that you're not maybe that aware of, of how much you learned and grew through all those experiences. I had to, and I believe I had to go and, through those yeah, mm-hmm. to become who I am yeah. mm-hmm. before I can meet him. Yeah. That's why she says everything happens for a reason. She went through all that to find what she wanted to find. And I, I can say I can relate with that too, just because you went through what you went through and to find the one that you really want. And that's exactly what I want is sitting right next to me. I, I wouldn't trade it in for anyone. Mm-hmm. So here's a unique twist on that question. Kyle, what have you learned from watching your mother go through relationships? What have you learned about relationships for yourself? To stick it out through thick and thin until it gets to a certain point. And everybody has the one point and you all know what your one point is. And as soon as you hit that one point, it's it's time to let, let go of the balloon and let it fly away. Wow. That's pretty profound there. <laughs> and and how old are you again? 21. 21. So are you kind of in a place right now that you are looking for a relationship or just keeping it casual? Or what, what is it that you're kind of focusing on? No, not really. More or less focusing on life. It is how it is. Not really looking for anything at all. Just trying to better myself and get into what I need to get into to start making decisions like that. That's awesome. He started 20 years younger than I did. I should let you know and focus on himself finally. <laughs> and and that is probably what you learned right. is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's something we teach a lot is if, if you're not the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you're not going to find someone else that is going to be someone you want to spend the rest of your life with. I think there are 60 year olds that are 
still trying to figure that out, right? I will say yeah. he, when he does find the right one, he'll treat her like a queen because he's so good to me. That's awesome. So how do you guys deal with conflict? We don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> no conflict at all. We have conflict, but we were taught by two people as we were doing it ourselves. Which two people? Maybe a DJ, right? <laughs> Reverend Gene. Um, we got someone that tastes good. And <laughs> we were taught and we were doing it at the same time about just talking, you know, um, once we kind of calmed down a little bit, but yeah, just to talk and. She doesn't handle conflict well in the beginning. And I, it's, she said earlier about, I taught her how to speak her mind a little more because I'm willing to listen. She never had that before. You know, it's a two, it's a two way situation. I don't care any way you look at it. It's a two way street. It isn't all her fault. It isn't all my fault. It happened right. for a reason. It isn't just, you know, it, it, I would told her like, don't, she, she used to run away. It's like, talk to me. I'm not yelling at you. But he likes to debate and I'm not a debater. Exactly. I'm not raising my voice, but I, I, I want to hear it. I mean, there's two, there's two sides to the story. Let's talk and then let's meet in the middle and figure it out. Sure. Did I get loud and yell at times? Cause she would push my buttons or run away. And that's right. not what I liked. Usually he'll let me just kind of yell and scream. And, and fizzle then I'll, out. And then I kind of like, whatever. <laughs> I will say they though we haven't really done that in a while, like a long time. So, you know, one of the things we talk about is you get wounded through relationship and you heal through relationship and probably having someone who comes and chases you when you run or helps you stay in the game is probably part of the success of your guys' relationship. I mean, we've been together eight years and thought, five fights maybe no i maybe 10 now well i mean there's like, some bickering fights but i'm talking like like one like fights. big fights yeah and that's uh, to me i feel that's nothing that's why i said it's always been easy for us it, mm -hmm. i feel like that's mm -hmm. barely any kind of conflict blood boiling type of fights never mm -hmm. well if you guys remember the research shows that couples who are healthy and couples who are unhealthy they fight the same Right. They have these big blow ups. They say mean things to each other. The only difference is that couples who are healthy, they make repair attempts afterwards. So they come back and they say, I'm sorry for what I said. And they take responsibility for their part in it. Right. And and our whole belief is that each person is 50 percent responsible for the condition of their relationship. Right. And so you can only change your part. You can only work on your part. And if both people are doing that, then the relationship is going to continue to progress and advance and move in the direction that they want. So you guys are kind of made a, a decision logistically to move in together after three and a half years so that Kyle can continue in the school he's in. How, how, what happens from there, from that to taking that next step? Just kind of built our relationship even stronger. Well, we first learned to live together. Right. To, mm -hmm, to learn know. more tendencies. All, of each other. All of now us, it's every day. You, you know. see each other all the time um, when you get home from work and then you start to learn each other mm -hmm. a little more. Obviously, things are a little more closer, intimate because we're right there. So that also changed in our relationship as well. But we just took it one day at a time till he proposed. <laughs> yeah. To one, take to the next and, step. And one how many, day after day. Right. Yeah. How many day days was day it? after day. Almost a year. But it's okay. Under the five-year mark, that's all I cared about. Just under. <laughs> was that Doesn't something matter. that... Is, no, it wasn't. It was never going to be. I, I always told him I'm never in a hurry. I told him I was like, I don't even know if I want kids. You know, things like that. Like... I'm in no rush to get married, but yet I would complain to him as probably any woman might have just like, he'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, I hope to be, you know, I'm, we should be engaged by this time or we should be engaged. But, and that kind of came and went. And so I would kind of jab him a little bit, you know, when you shouldn't, you really shouldn't, you should not ever do that. To you, shouldn't. you shouldn't. No, no, but you no, didn't, you didn't, but I, you didn't pressure me. No, I didn't pressure him, but you know, he has to be ready. Mm -hmm. And if he's not ready, he's not ready. You I, know, I was in my mind and heart, but I wasn't financially. 
Okay, so that was one of the more logistical kind of... I mean, it's not an excuse, but Mm -hmm. it's my excuse. So how did you ask her? I took her to her favorite restaurant, Cooper Hawk. I sat her down. We had a meal. I told her I had to go to the bathroom. She did not know I would stop there actually a few days earlier and plan this with the the staff. Yeah, the staff. And so I told her I was going to the bathroom. I didn't. I actually went to the car. Got her favorite bottle of wine, came back, gave it to the staff. Member. Was it a Cooper's Hawk one? It was a Cooper Hawk. It was, it was a Cooper Hawk. It, 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 it was the barrel that you only can get once a year. So, um, we it was had, like th- two years old. It was a two year old bottle of wine. And so I went back to the table Did and you have it for two years while you were trying to get the courage up to ask her. <laughs> Well, I always said we were opening that that bottle when <laughs> something big happened. Okay. Yeah. So you guys had it for the two years. Yes. Awesome. We finished our meal and the waitress came and gave us two glasses of wine. Mine happened to be slightly poured larger than hers for some reason. I looked at these glasses and I'm like, first of all, they ran out of glasses. There was one that was the regular glass and one was different. And I go... I totally got gypped on my first bo- glass of wine <laughs> because they were filled more. And I was like, hmm. They uh, filled it more for a reason because on the glass I had written, will you marry me? And I think it said that. It no? says, Anne, will you marry me? Love, Brian. It's, it's been so far off on that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> the details. So, yes. so you're drinking this wine and this message is slowly. Well, no, actually, actually, no, actually, um, when they poured it, I twisted the glass towards her so she could read it and i looked at her and i just looked at i'm like what do i do is the ring inside like am i supposed to drink it like what am i supposed to do i just (laughs) look at him for direction so you see the message i see the message and i like look and i'm like okay so i look at i look at her and i'm like so and she's like so what and (laughs) so i got down on my knee and I, i i did a little speech to her and i proposed to her and uh she said yes and it was fantastic loved every moment of it we stood up, I hug him, and everybody's cheering. I'm like, oh my God, do we know all of these people? He's like, I've never met him before in my life. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I jokingly I said, I said, yeah, of course, I know everyone here. And she's like, you do? I'm like, no, I don't know any of these people. They're all clapping, going, congratulations. Did you formally ask either her dad or her son? I did. I um, went over to her parents' house without her knowing, of course. I actually asked Kyle to show up as well. As I was there, I asked her her dad for her hand in marriage, and he was very, very impressed that someone came up to him old school, because that's just the way I was raised, too, from back in the day, and asked her for the hand. And I asked Kyle, too, because that, to me, was a, a huge step, because he was a man at that point, too, and it's his mother, mm-hmm. and he should be there and know and him accepting it was one of the greatest things in my life. It, it, it meant a lot to me. Same with same with her dad, of course, obviously. And, you know, mom was like, ah, great. No, let me see the ring. Let me see the ring. But, uh, yeah, fantastic. I'm glad I did it that way, too, because I've, I've, I've always wanted to do it my way. And it was always the old school way of sitting down the parents and asking them and telling them how much I, I love their daughter. And he involved his parents because he went downtown with them and looked for the ring and stuff like that. So and the day he got it, he was with his dad. And so cool. both, both sides were involved. Yeah. Did you go to the jewelry district downtown? The Hancock on top. Very, very top in the suites of the Hancock. The water tower. Okay. Oh, sorry. The water, the water tower. tower. Okay. So, Kyle, what was that like for you? Did you know that he was having you over so that he could ask you? Yeah, he. I mean, they they all kind of knew why. Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, for why. me, for me to be like, um, hey, you might want to come over on like a Thursday by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, not uh, suspicious. So actually, we, actually, we went out to dinner like a week before, and and I kind of slowly walked with her dad, and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I come over like on a Wednesday or Thursday? Because I actually Thursday because she works late on Thursdays, and he's like. Yeah, come on over. So they, I think they kind of had a little bit <laughs> of what I was going to do. And with him ask, and then he asked me beforehand if I could just be there too. And I knew what was going on. So it was, I mean, we all knew what was going on, but we all went there. And with him doing it, it was, 
really huge because like a, the past two never did that. The one that was married to her never did that or at, mm-hmm. at anything that I know of. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And then the one that she wasn't married to, he, he never a talked about it or B tried to have a sit down with me or my grandpa. And the fact that he did it just showed the amount of respect that he had for the family and even myself. Mm. And Again, that's just leaps and strides above anybody else that she's ever met. That's awesome. He, he deserved to be there because of his respect as well. He, he's very, very respectful to to people, for sure. And sure. that comes from my wife. And it was actually funny. So we go to the you know restaurant because she was working late. And so she said, let's go to the restaurant. I Bubble was like, Wild hey, Wings. I'm done. <laughs> and so she was leaving work. And even though we were closer than her, she still beat us to the restaurant. And she's like, what the hell? Why, why are you guys here after me? We're like, ah, you know, traffic lights. They were bad. <laughs> she had no clue. <laughs> was there ever a time where you thought he was going to propose like, oh, this is a moment. And then it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear that story. Okay. So yes. I, I thought he was going to propose at, when I did the Chicago marathon, cause it was the biggest run anybody could do. <laughs> and so I just, cause he said back in March that same year that he, he thinks that we were going to be engaged before we go to Vegas. Well, Vegas was a couple days after the marathon. So leading up to that, I'm like, okay, maybe this might happen. You know, like that would be cool. You know, too bad, obviously, because everything happened with, Boston Marathon and stuff like that. The security was awful or the security was high, but people couldn't come in like right when you finish. Mm-hmm. So the first person I wanted to hug was him and cry on his shoulder. But I was like, oh, that would have been awesome, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, that came, went, Vegas came, went, you know, <laughs> that was probably the biggest time that I thought it was going to happen. So when he did do it, it was, it really it shocked me. So what would you say? have been the biggest challenges in your relationship? Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Me trying to learn to fight to somebody who's willing to let me fight. That that was, that's probably my biggest hurdle that I've, and we don't fight very often. So it's not like something you can overnight. (laughs) I I got it, you know? So, I mean, that's that, that our lives run so smoothly together. Like, I was telling him, like, I put a bag out. He knew exactly, like, what to throw on the bed so I could put it in the bag. Like, we didn't even have to talk. It was just, mm-hmm. we're just in sync. Fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it's nice. I Yeah, it's, it's hard to come to mind of what to think because, like she says, it's so, it's just easy. Everything just flows. It's mm-hmm. just night and day. It's easy. It's repetitious. Every day just, just seems to get better and easier nothing changes well you guys are about to have a newborn well yeah life will change but throughout the whole pregnancy he's been by my side like do you need anything what you know any whatever a little different I don't than the need- first time oh for sure for <laughs> sure Just got done there, you know? doing four weeks of birthing classes and went through all that and I uh, joke with it like I didn't have to be here I'm like we're seeing um you know boobs and vagina and I'm like well, I don't even know why I'm here I'm like you guys should be here but <laughs> every guy's there because they're supporting the woman my wife mm-hmm. I mean I'm gonna be there of course I'll go we gotta go I'm like okay yippee I'm there but do you have any thoughts about being a father now like of, of a biological child yeah I love it can't wait I told her when it was a boy I was like that's I would have loved a, a girl as well, but like now that we know it's a boy, I'm like sixty percent more happier. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were both like sixty yeah, percent like, more yes. for a boy uh-huh. versus girl. Plus, so. it's only the second Loudent boy who's left that can keep the name going alive. So I was really happy too to find out it was a boy. There was only one left, and now we got another one coming in about two months. And you kind of at some point gave up that dream of having a child. Right. When you were like, I'm not dating anymore. I'm kind of. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always wanted one too. And we talked about it. And again, it, it happens. It happens. And 
I always it was for a reason. Obviously, you know, someone above. I, I believe God probably predicted it and saw it and gave it to us, and we're gonna run with it like we ran with our relationship, and it's gonna just probably be just as easy as everything else we've been through because yeah. it, everything's been so easy for all three of us. We'll definitely have to check in with you a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> Call me at like one in the morning. Right. You'll be up. You'll be up. Sorry. You'll be calling us. <laughs> so, hey, Annie, you're, you're uh, starting over 21 <laughs> years later. How's yeah. that feel? I don't know. I'm trying to like, <laughs> I, I, I tell Brian all the time, I'm like, I still can't believe I'm pregnant. I mean, I know he's in there, but uh-huh. I was saying the other day, I was like, can't he just stay in there? He's free. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to take him to daycare. I don't have to feed him. I mean, I feed him, but I uh-huh. like I would feed myself. You know, I don't have to carry him, change him, do anything. Well, it's a natural baby carrier. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> once they come out, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's probably where that's probably it's not surreal yet. You know what I mean? And I think once that happens. You know, we're getting the room together. We're going to have our shower. It's it's starting. It's, it. I mean, we know we're having a baby. We know that, but it's still not. He's not here yet. <laughs> no. Oh, it, um, it was real when she showed me the uh, the test because then I was like, second thing out of my mouth to her was, are you okay starting over? I'm like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And so many people have been like, wow, you're so brave to do it. And I'm like, well, this is what I've dealt with. So, yes, I'm going to, you know, like. Not to say I'm dealt with a bad hand, but I'm saying this is what we got. We this happened because of a reason, you know, and and now you get to do it as a partner. Yes. And I'm very excited to do it with somebody who wants to do it with me. <laughs> How about for you, Kyle? Getting a little brother. Like a little, little brother. <laughs> he, he hasn't spoken much about it, to be honest with you. He hasn't really it, told much of his emotions yeah, it, about it. It's not, I don't know, it's not that big of a deal since there is such an age gap. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not a huge deal. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know how to feel about it. I guess I will feel differently as time comes. But as of right now, I don't really feel anything about it. He's not like three or four where you tell him, oh, my God, you're going to have a brother. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, yes. You know right. what I mean? What? And then they beat up on each other and stuff like that because Kyle will want to beat up on the kid with the kid. Like the kid will be up on <laughs> Kyle, but Kyle can't do anything back. When he's 10, <laughs> Kyle will be 31. I know. But it's right? okay now because, you know, Brian and I have a designated driver. So it's <laughs> good for now. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's thinking of his brother now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> Brian Brian was telling Kyle that when this kid comes out, Kyle could buy him alcoholic right away because oh. he's already 21. Right. <laughs> Three years to... old, drinking Grey Goose. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but like I've, I've told... You'll be 42 <laughs> when he turns 21. Oh, ask the guy right? down there. How old's he going to be? <laughs> 63. Yikes. I'll be 62. (laughs) But I was, I was, I tell my clients, like people ask me that same question, how does Kyle feel? I said, you know, right now it's not a big deal to Kyle. And because it's going to be a different, it's more like kind of like an uncle relationship because he is so old. He is, well, he's not old, but he's older than a typical brother would be. But I think when Kyle moves out, has his own place, and his brother's like, oh, my God, I'm going to my brother's house to go play and spend the night. It will be a special bond. And I think that Kyle will treat him like like a typical brother, like a, even a better brother because mm-hmm. he is older. Yeah. Shows respect like everyone else mm-hmm. he does. Gives respect to everyone who gives respect to our child as well, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, our kids have a 10 year gap and I, I think they're as close as brothers can be, mm-hmm. you know. And he started taking him to the Cubs opener. I think Alec was. 16 and Dean was six <laughs> and that was what they did every year and they have those kind of bonds and yeah I don't know I don't think age it, it, may, maybe age is even better it'd be cool if he went to a White Sox opener but Ooh. whatever <laughs> well that's what you could take him to there you go well hey I got a 20 year gap on him and yeah. I took him to his first Hawks game and he's been hooked ever since so awesome that's that's that bond like you said 
Well, yeah, I think it's been role modeled for you. I mean, you spent a lot of time with your grandparents and they were, as you say, kind of like a second set of parents, you know, so their, their role wasn't just grandparents, right? So your role as being this older brother is kind of going to be kind of amalgamation of like being an uncle, friend, you know, brother kind of thing. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. It's it's very it's very unique. I mean, the situation you guys have set up, but I mean, it seems very ideal. And and the way you guys interact with each other is just, I don't think you can paint it any better, Mm-mm. right? So, what are let me let me ask you guys, what would you say are some of the unwritten rules in your relationships? All right, and so let me let me explain this unwritten rules because a lot of other people that we've we've interviewed, they don't really understand it right away. But <clears throat> so some couples they have kind of really unwritten rules, like they don't they don't lock their their phones from each other, right? So it, it it's kind of open. There's there's kind of this open kind of communication and and ability to see each other's you know information. We have um, that. You guys have that. Uh, some couples they don't go out drinking without each other. Right. So they have kind of an unwritten rule like that. So it's just an example. But what would you say are some of those rules for you guys in your relationship? Well, yeah, like our phones, like we don't lock our phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian will go drinking with Kyle now. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so we don't have that one. <laughs> but I will say it's not a rule, but something that we have found is that we go out, we don't, we, we invite friends out, whether they show up or not whatever, but we don't need other people to have a good time. We have a great time, just the two of us. So we invite people and if they show, they show. And if not, we still have a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Always have had a great time. Don't, don't watch a show without each other. Oh, cause that's a, that's a no, no. They found that out. Oh, <laughs> that 21 one, jump street. Yeah. <laughs> 21 jump street. One show. The original 21 jump street. No, 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 no. The, the movie, the I movie. Went, they went and I'm, saw it without I'm young. me. It's, it's oh. the newer one. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but even like her, she'll be like, don't watch master chef tonight. We'll watch it on the weekend. We watch. Yeah, we, we watch. Why I'm sitting on the couch. I'm on the couch. Like I can easily right. watch this, but I'm like, I can't. <laughs> don't skip ahead. I'm so <laughs> much trouble if I do. <laughs> right. Anything else? Oh, right now during her pregnancy, don't drink any gray goose. That, that's, mm. that's what he did. That's an unwritten rule. He chose rule. that. He chose that. That's keeping it, uh, you know, away from Greg my wife's my favorite, favorite drink. Yeah. <laughs> so, gotta uh, support the team. Eight so more it's weeks. just Eight skull more weeks vodka for you, right? Splash <laughs> <laughs> for Red Bull, please. Eight more weeks, and I get my my Grey Goose on the rocks. Mallows. Can't wait. So, uh, yeah. but we don't really have rules. I mean. Don't open a bottle of wine without each other. I'd get yeah. in trouble if I did that too. That's because I like the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Cooper Talk. We're very open, so I don't we don't have to have rules, I think. We don't hide very much from each no. other at all. That's awesome. A- actually nothing I can say that we hide from each other. I don't tell them how much I weigh. That's about it. Well, that's an unwritten <laughs> rule right there. Yeah. There you, you go. Ask, right? you okay. Never ask a female. I knew that because I grew up with three women in the house. I think Pretty that's easy. a written rule by now. Everybody knows that one. <laughs> right. It's written. It's yeah. not unwritten. It's yeah. written. Right. But as Ray said, how they go drinking without each other. So do you guys get irritated or irked if either one of you goes out with a group of friends without the other? Nope. No. I have total trust in her. I don't yeah. have a fear. And you and he should go out with his friends, and I should go out with my friends. You know, I know who she's coming home to. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not insecure. Well, it, you know, it's it's very interesting because a lot of these things they can get, you know, kind of get in the in the middle of the relationship. You know, like how, like social media, and you know, Facebook. Do you connect with exes? You know, is that a rule? Do you talk to females? You know, female friends female co-workers? Do you go out with co-workers after work? You know, these are all kind of, you know, things that, that there isn't any actual standard, but each relationship, they have to learn to navigate this between each other. And that takes communication. That takes, you know, an understanding of each other. And you mentioned insecurity. You know, obviously, if 
someone is insecure, it's going to become a problem in the relationship. And especially if they're not talking about it and they have such a divide between each other, it becomes even more of a problem, right? Yeah, that that's exactly where you're so smart. All those words are perfect, like all of them for that. I mean, she's... <laughs> Sorry, that just made me laugh. You're so smart, Ray. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it, it's, again, with how easy it is, that's what we have, the understanding, the security, the... The, the blanket's all there for us. It's so like, just go. I, I got no fear in the world. I know mm-hmm. you're mine. I know I love you. I know you love me and you're coming back and boy, we're going to live this life again. So I ain't worried about it. But with that, the whole social media thing, it's not their generation. It's more or less the younger generations. That's where you get in trouble with the social media, this and that, because they only have between the two of them, one social media account. It's just her. It's mine. <laughs> and, and it's boring. It really with, is boring. With my generation, you have multiple social media accounts. Twitter, you have a Facebook, Instagram. A Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, this, that, the other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more, I guess, available for the younger generations versus the older generations. Because when they were younger, they didn't have that. They were outside doing this and that where our generation, my generation is inside doing this and the other stuff on social media. Well, you guys are interacting a lot more on social media than actually in person. Yeah. We like to live our lives through other people on social media versus living our own outside of the walls of our house. You know, do you think you'll have any of those kind of rules once you're in a long-term relationship around social media? No, because when you when as I've seen from just being a sophomore, junior in high school till now, the use of social media plummets. So when the time comes, I'm sure that it's going to be down to one or two boring social media accounts. Mm -hmm. So at that point, no, because like I said, I think it'll just plummet down. Yeah. We kind of talk a lot about, you know, what's the first thing you touch in the morning? Your phone. Yeah. (laughs) It should be your partner. And that's, it's a big alarm clock, alarm clock, you know, each other. Well, most people use their phone now for alarm clock. Well, an alarm clock. Right? I, I use mine, but his alarm goes off first, so mm-hmm. I don't touch my phone until. There there I actually know. is a word for that now. It's called fubbing. Fubbing. Phone snubbing. Right. <laughs> That's when you're phone snubbing your spouse, right? Your significant other. If you're at a dinner and your spouse is talking to you and you get a notification and all of a sudden you pick up your phone, you're now fubbing your person that you're with, right? Because now this phone or this notification is much more important than the person that you're talking to that's right in front of you. And so that is becoming a very, very prominent thing where couples that we are seeing are complaining that their partner's on their phone all the time. I'll say that when we go out to dinner, our mine's in my purse, if I have my purse or whatever, his might be on the table just because he doesn't want it in his pocket because phones have gotten bigger, but they kind of just sit there. Maybe we'll look something up if we're having a discussion and we need to know some, we, we look things up. I like, like to be like right. We have a dictionary like right there. <laughs> I like to be <laughs> right. Know? So I show her but a lot it's of, part of the conversation, but it's part of the conversation. Yeah. It's not like I'm just looking up on Facebook mm-hmm. or anything like that when we're out. Where do, where does that looking at a phone become, where's the line drawn? So if you get a phone call, is it acceptable to look at it? Or if you get a text, like if you have certain notification sounds as a text message, are you allowed to look at a text message? I think, uh, let me uh, let me just give my little two cents on that though. I think that that's what's wrong with the world a little bit is that we are too easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we had to wait for a phone call or we had to go home to see if somebody called us or we had to wait for a rerun to watch that show if we missed it. Collect call. And nowadays, you are so accessible that I don't want to be. I don't want to be reached sometimes, you know, but it's there. And people call you all hours of the day, all hours of the night because of the fact that they can they can get in contact with you. Well, and this kind of it circles back around to the question, which was about unwritten rules. And as technology and as our world continues to evolve, relationships have to evolve 
with it as well. And they have to be able to understand, you know, a lot of the factors and obstacles that can get in the way of a relationship and be able to, to communicate with each other so that they can figure out how to make their relationship a priority in their life. So last question, what does your partner do that you know they love you? What do they do for you that you really know that they love you? Be there for me after a bad day. Give me a hug and a kiss and say, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's so much that he does. That's the thing. I ask, he jumps, you know, if I, if, or I'll be like, I need to go grab my, can I gotta go, can I gotta go grab my phone? Like he'll go grab it for me. He'll do anything for me. And I, sometimes I don't even, it's like, I don't even have to ask. He'll just do it. I'm not perfect. I don't know. Just the way he looks at me. He doesn't like, he doesn't like to smile too much, but he'll smile for me. So, which is always a good thing. I feel maybe it's just me because not everybody's this way, but you know, there's an unconditional love for a child, but I feel, I strongly believe that we have an unconditional love completely. Like I would, I would do anything for him. And he, I know he would do anything for me just like a mother, child, father, child would do. And I just believe that that's probably why our strong, we have such a strong. Okay. What do you see in them that, you know, they love each other? The way they react to each other and the way that they, they look at each other. It, it's huge just because it, as a third party, they can't see it, but someone looking in on it can definitely see it. And that's, what's huge that I can see that they love each other with it. We want to wholeheartedly thank the three of you guys for joining us on Couple Synergy today. You know, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationships. And telling stories has been part of the human experience since the beginning of time. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian, along with Organizational Director Calvin Javier, and marketing coordinator Bridget Reese. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Gonzalez.